Sheila Fogarty on LBC. Call 0345 6060973. The jury in the Ghislaine Maxwell uh, trial um, have been out uh, for their deliberations. Um, It all wound up very quickly, uh, felt to me. Let's talk to Simon Marks, LBC's uh, Washington correspondent. We'll talk about Joe Biden in a moment, but that trial, the the defence element of it seemed to just wrap up super quick, didn't it, really? Very, very quickly, very quickly. I mean, there was talk about this trial. Both the prosecution and defence cases ended much more rapidly than had been anticipated. We thought this was going to be a six-week trial. Uh, And in the event, it looks like it's all going to be done and dusted in half that time. At one point, the defence was talking about calling 35 witnesses and flying Mm. people in from all over the world to testify in Ghislaine Maxwell's defence. I wonder, did they all say no? Well, they were basically, no, there was actually the judge that kind of short-circuited all of this. Uh, I mean, it's not entirely clear whether those 35 witnesses actually were, were ready and willing to come and testify, mm. but certainly uh, when uh, at one point the defence lawyers said they needed a break because uh, a witness had not yet arrived in New York, uh, the judge said, well, I'm very sorry, that's not the rule in my courtroom. The rule in my courtroom is your witnesses need to be lined up and ready to, te- to testify. So if they're not here, um, you've got to move on to the next one because we're not waiting. Uh, So that sort of short-circuited the defence case. Uh, The prosecution case also found itself facing some difficulties, certainly in the early stages, uh, with testimony in court that defence lawyers argued, testimony from uh, some of Ghislaine Maxwell's accusers, that defence lawyers argued didn't jive with the things that they had previously said in some of the uh, encounters that they'd had with lawyers and prosecutors. Uh, There are a substantial number of Ghislaine Maxwell's siblings who have been attending these final days of the trial and are now waiting uh, for the jury to make its decision. Uh, Remember, she's facing charges of recruiting, grooming uh, and uh, conspiring with Jeffrey Epstein uh, to recruit, groom and sexually abuse teenage girls. Mm. Uh, Very serious charges that could lead to decades in jail were she to be convicted. We are waiting and watching to yes. see what happens. Yeah, and as and also with Joe Biden, he's making a statement later on today, about seven thirty our time in the UK. Um, what's it expected to be around uh, Omicron and vaccination? Or yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we are playing. He is playing a game of catch up with reality here. For the last two weeks, Omicron has completely outpaced his government and his presidency. Uh, there has been no sense in which there was a Plan B sitting on the shelf to dust off. Joe Biden two weeks ago was saying when Omicron uh, first reared its head here that he believed the country was going to be okay. We're going to get through this. Uh, Well, we will of course get through it, but he didn't have any plans to mitigate the impacts of Omicron in the United States. Only last week, the White House was insisting uh, that the country has the tools not to have to close businesses and schools, but even as uh, it was articulating that message, businesses and schools were taking matters into their own hands, certainly here in Washington, D.C., sending kids home, universities up in uh, in New York, Cornell, New York University, moving everything on online uh, and businesses telling uh, people to start working at home. I see CNN uh, told all of its staff yesterday that unless their, their their work requires them to be in the office, they need to start working from home. Google abandoned plans to bring everybody back to the office for the first time on January the 10th. They say they haven't got a date in mind. So the president tonight, we are told, is going to unveil 
new strategies for trying to turn Omicron back, hours after the Centers for Disease Control disclosed that it is now the dominant variant in the United States, responsible for 73% of cases in the last week. One week ago, that number stood at just 4%, so that gives you a sense of the scale of the shift that's happened here. He is apparently going to announce that he is buying 500 million rapid test kits that will ah. immediately be available starting in January, free of charge for members of the public who ah. will be able to hop on a website and Well, that's interesting, isn't it? Them. Because I saw the clip of his spokeswoman yeah. uh, looking like the questioner who suggested it was insane, insane. about a week mocking. ago. <laughs> mocking, yes. literally 10 days ago, Jen Psaki mocking <laughs> a reporter from National Public Radio yeah. who asked, why is it that the Europeans and the you know, America's partners in Europe and Asia have got all of these lateral flow test kits. And they are extraordinarily hard to find here. I mean, and they have been, this has been a persistent problem in terms of America's battle with COVID-19. And it's partly money. Uh, CVS, the biggest chain of pharmacies in the United States, made more than $3 billion in revenue this year from COVID testing. Not from not just from the sale of kits that are expensive and pricey, but from in-store testing. And so the idea that suddenly the market would be flooded with free test kits is obviously deeply opposed by the pharmaceutical industry, by the, by the you know, the chemists' lobby. <coughs> Un-American, un-American. I mean, what is this, socialised <laughs> medicine? You know, absolutely not. But, but the, the notion that Jen Psaki, 10 days ago, was mocking a reporter... Yeah. For it was suggesting that, that they should be, and now they're going to do it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it shows you the scale of which the scale with which the tide is moving. Yes, yes, it does. Yeah. Well, we'll see. We'll see what he says. Thanks very much, Simon. Good to talk to you, uh, Simon Marks, LBC's Washington correspondent.